We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry used a lot of words. But did you hear what you needed to hear, Dustin? Yeah, Fox? They, listen, they 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 talk uh, a lot mm-hmm. and say very little. They did. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, there were a few things that did jump out at me out of that roughly thirty-five minute press conference. What was that? I didn't feel like a minute over like thirty-four minutes and fifty-nine seconds. Whatever it was, um, we got some some interesting details there. Um, thought one thing that's really fascinating is he didn't rule out firing Mike Prefer. Yeah, he didn't rule out more staff changes, which which would make you you know the question I think that's interesting is if more changes could be coming, why not wait on Joe Woods? I would assume the answer is. Uh, we didn't want to wait because there are some good coordinators out there, like uh, Evero, who is def- uh, Denver's defensive coordinator, or I mean, even a Brian Flores. It, you want to try and get those guys because if they're not going to interview for head coaching jobs, yeah, then you want to try and be there with your foot in the door. So that one actually did make sense to me. Um, it, you mentioned uh, the idea that they're going to talk to the coaches later this week. Kevin Svans kind of said, well, today is the day for um, – Today is the day more for players, right? Because today was kind of exit interviews. And I I would also say, then, why wait until you have those conversations? You know, the, I, I think both Kevin and, and Andrew talked about, well, you got to get into it, you got to dig into it. And that really is like kind of what the self-evaluation that we we're talking about, self-scouting that we were talking about. But all that's, is, is all that going to happen after? You, you like, I, I, think, I don't know. Cause I do think like, and I think we've said this a few times, Dusty, you can be glib is, 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 is hell if you win. But when you've won 15 games in two years, a little bit more articulate or, or a little bit more articulation yeah, it, it, on the details. I, is I, I would say this. I mean, there's always a sense of, I, I, is it arrogance? Is that the right word? Is it? We know more than you mm-hmm. when it comes to the media in in terms of asking the questions. But like, I listen. This we're going into year four of this whole deal. Mm-hmm. I think that the, all every question asked w- was fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in fact, sometimes you know our media takes it easy on these guys. I thought um, I, I where I feel like the arrogance was heard most today was when talking about analytics. Um, 
And, I, and then the jokes back at the reporter asking the question, too. I actually kind of thought that was funny. But, <laughs> but again, I'm a D. So if I'm a D and somebody says something that's D-ish, I'm more inclined to find said D-ishness funny. But like Andrew Barry, I, I thought his comments on the use of analytics was purposefully um, purposefully glib and just not all that direct. And, and I actually wrote it down. He said... Um, uh, when it was asked whether it's working, he said it's a tool, it's an area of operation, it's used across every ind- industry. And then when uh, it was followed up, all right, is there overuse of analytics? He said, we'll, we'll use data uh, when appropriate to make decisions. And I think it's so funny because I don't, I don't believe in analytics or football guyness works because both models have failed. Where I think it's fair to ask the Browns, should you be an analytics first organization? Should analytics make those decisions? Because I think that's the assumption. Like when we've had like a Mike Lombardi on, when we've had football guys on who came up a different way, they've said analytics and just analytics, meaning that's what you make your, your decision off of, doesn't work. You have to have the football element of it. I thought that was a fair question. Here's another question. Why isn't Paul DePodesta on that podium? I don't know what Paul DePodesta does. Well, I, I mean, I think Paul DePodesta, I think you hear, you, you mentioned the arrogance. I would say, I think that they are purposefully vague in every answer they give. Yeah. And I've, I've very rarely, I, like the Jadavian answer today which is uh, how do you feel about how that situation plays out considering that you signed him to two straight deals? I, I thought there was a little honesty there, actually, yeah. from Andrew Barry. But like that and maybe a few notwithstanding, and some of the honesty we didn't like, the Jedrick Wills answer we'll get to in a moment. That was just... That was weird. We should have just shut that press conference down. Yeah, after that, that was the after moment. After that response, we should have just shut the whole damn thing down. But I do think that there is this reticence to, to add any level of detail in the communication. And, and it's easy to say, oh, well, you just want that because you're a media member. No, I, I think I think that's what teams owe to their fan base. I think the media is a conduit for the fans. I think fans, uh, the natives are restless, which is something I've heard said on the station. Yeah, And so how you appease them is not simply by firing people, but it's being able to articulate, hey, this is what we think happened this year, although we still have work to do to con- further deconstruct it. And here's how you can't just say, well, we got to be better. No, duh. You won seven games. Thank you, Einstein. Yeah, they've said Show that, me the analytical formula that says that we need to be better. a million times this season and last season and e- the previous season. It's on me. It's on me. I've got to do better. Like, okay, we get it. But at some point, that becomes tiresome. Well, and I, there's one thing to say it in season when you don't want to give away any competitive advantage, which again, I think is mostly bull crap because in the end you line up against them, whoever's tougher, plays harder, more physical, smarter, that's who's going to win the friggin' game. It's not, well, well, you know, Joe Schmo said they were going to run a press and no, no, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they know what's coming because if you do it better than they do it, they can't stop you. That's the whole point of being better at football. But I do think, like, where do you think they fired uh, Joe Woods at? 
I don't think in, it was on the, in, in Pittsburgh. No, that's that's too personal, right? Didn't didn't firing somebody on the, the old Lane well, Kiffin fire on the tarmac? I mean, how many people have been fired in Pittsburgh? Uh, that's true. It's true. Maybe they <laughs> want to. knows. They, they want to. Spano's avoid. been on some awkward bus trips. Awkward bus trips. I think the idea of the effectiveness of leadership. Um, I I really actually appreciate that answer because I do think sometimes we get lost too much into oh. Uh, this player is a hard ass and this player is soft or you know, this guy yells, but this guy leads by example. I think in reality, and the same is true in coaching, Dusty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think some of the best player coaches I've ever met are guys who have no problem calling a player out. It's just how they do it. You don't have to scream at somebody to, yeah, to hold a, somebody accountable. There's a method to getting a point across to a player. Yes. Um. Are we talking specifically from coaches or, or from players too? Well, in in this in his he was talking about players, yeah. but I was more saying like I don't know that the Browns need fifteen rah rah guys or a Ray Lewis. Remember the the sideline pump up speeches by yeah. Ray Lewis, but it's clear that the leadership that they do have is specifically on the defensive side of the ball did not get it done this year, and I think that's you got to find a way to cure that in your locker room. And probably on the coaching staff as well. It's just disappointing because, like, on especially on the defensive side of the football, like you need pretty much your best player or one of your best player players to be those guys that lead. Mm-hmm. And the two guys that the Browns have that are their best players are Denzel Ward and, and Miles Garrett. They're just not vocal guys. Mm-hmm. Well, and- they're, great, they're great players, but they just are not the guys that are gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be the raw, raw, raw guys. Well, and I, th- I think, in fairness to both those guys, um, you know, Miles punishes quarterbacks. Miles doesn't punish everybody on the field. Um, Denzel is a really, really talented cornerback. He's not a hard hitting cornerback. So, right. like, it's almost like way, is Miles a one trick pony? No, I don't think so. But I, I do think. I, I see the plays that everybody talks about. I, I do think that if that's the guy that's going to lead by example, he needs to do a better job of leading by example. Yeah. But I like I I think I think they need a couple ass kickers, and and I don't mean guys who kick their teammates' asses, but like you know this, like there are guys who simply by the way they attack the other team scare the crap out of you. I, I, I'm just saying, and maybe it's recency bias because we just played them yesterday. But T.J. Watt. Yeah. I mean, that that guy. I mean, uh, listen, Cam Hayward. Cam, who I think just, like, look at the, the the way he plays. Like, look at the way when he was – just go back and watch the film and how he was attacking the offensive lineman I for the Browns. I love Cam Hayward. Yeah. That's a great player. And, by the way, he was pretty good his first couple of years. The last six or seven years – that, that dude's such a badass. Like his yes. jersey looked like it came out of like the 1970s at the end of the game because it was so dirty. Mm-hmm. And and he is an ass kicker. And I don't think you have enough of those guys. Mm-hmm. So so I agree with Andrew Barry. I don't think it's about you. Oh, we got a guy that's going to kick his own teammates' ass. No, I think you need a guy. But you need a couple of guys who's just so physical and so. Um, plays so hard. Yeah, plays so dominant. And got dominant again. It, it isn't about well, he's got you know eighteen sacks and he's got this, that, and the other. No, 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 no. Dominant. Do- no, it's just a style of play. I, you know what? I would. You know what I would go for right now? Just give me a. Just give me a throwback to Quell Jackson. Yeah. No, I think that's a great. I think that's a great comparison. 
Um, just a guy that when he hits you, you feel it. Honestly, the the offensive version of Najee Harris, who we saw yesterday, yeah, right. run through guys. Now, a couple of the other things I thought, because uh, we get to your calls here in just a second, when he was asked about are you going to change the the style of de, uh, of interior defensive linemen that you go for defensive tackles, he said we try to match the talent to the scheme, and something that made both you and I perk up. He said as Kevin selects a defensive coordinator, yeah, that was interesting because he did. That was the one time he did say that it will be Kevin's choice, and Kevin was more. Well, I'll spend a lot of time with these guys, but you always I, welcome him. Listen, play. I'll say this. After hearing that press conference, I, I am convinced that Kevin's going to have a very large say in this, especially the way he like adamantly said, no, I'm not interviewing any of these, these cats on our defense that was, for D.C. Well, I don't think you could, right? You can't keep Joe Woods around all year when he probably should have been fired eight weeks ago. You, you, you If you had the guy that could have been the interim there, that's fair. You would have given him his run. and I, But I think, like, I do think they gave us a little bit of an insight into how they do things. Not every team goes to their positional coaches or to their, their coordinators and say, well, what kind of players do you like? Now, everybody does it to some degree, but it, it certainly made it seem like a lot of the way this defense has been built has been in the eyes of what Joe Woods wanted, which makes you wonder how wholesale of changes you're going to get, right? Does JOK, is he is he going to be too small for the next defense? Or start to look at guys like Jordan Elliott, who I do think is still go- should be a rotational defensive tackle going forward. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be too big for this? I mean, even guys like Alex Wright, who is a monstrous defensive end. Or, or honestly, Isaiah Thomas, who's a pretty small defensive end. Did those guys fit what you want to do going forward? Well, I think and, those are interesting and, and questions. I think other questions could be on the table too. I mean, some of these guys that you've got that you've you've spent a lot of money on and drafted very high, do they all fit what the new defensive coordinator wants? Two one six five seven eight double oh nine two. Uh let's go with Greg. Greg, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, what's up? Don't go interrupt me. Let me get this off, please, sir. I just beg you. Then I'm gonna hang up and listen to all your responses. That 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 uh press conference disappointed me tremendously in a lot of fans. They talked about cultural, culture, rather. Andrew Stefanski and Woods took away the culture from the Browns. This Last year, the Browns brought in all the rookies and showed them the culture. They had Bernie Kosar, they had Jim Brown, Metcalf, and a lot of other people. They showed them the culture, but Andrew, Stefan, Stefan, and Woods took that away. Daryl, on, on Daryl, the, the, uh, Daryl, he asked questions. Daryl? When y'all bring him up, when Daryl, uh, you know, Daryl, the, uh, Daryl Ryder? Daryl, you know, he's, he's, uh, yeah, our he beat asked, reporter, Daryl Ryder. Yeah, He'll be on with us at six. Okay. Yeah. Beat reporter. He, when y'all have him on interview, oh, he, he tell it like it is, and he ain't afraid to speak his mind. But when he get in front of that mic in front of them, he crams up. No, I don't think he does. I don't think you and I are listening to the same one. Listen, buddy, you want to bash the Browns? Uh, that's fine. Uh, Daryl asked excellent questions. Yeah, I, I thought the media did a fine job today. Guys, if you don't listen to an organization that said, uh, at about 35 minutes, said about five minutes of interesting stuff, if you don't look at that as the problem, I thought there were plenty of direct questions. I thought they were really good follow-ups. And honestly, like I, I don't think it was the media's fault today. Let's go with... Steve, 
Steve, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Thank you. A little raw after yesterday, a little frustrated. My, my, my big complaint was nothing in that press conference inspired me to believe that better things are in store. And, and I think you'll agree. We've got a great, loyal, passionate fan base. And, and I know this isn't the be-all, end-all, but I'm glad you brought up the Steelers. I look at Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt as guys who aren't going to be responsible for Mike Tomlin having a losing season. They're not going to let it happen on their watch. That passion that they play with. When you see a guy like Dan Campbell last night, or McDermott up in Buffalo. These are teams that are around us. Their fan bases are like us. And part of what frustrates me is not having somebody ask Andrew or Kevin, what do you say to the fans who have to find each year another reason to get back on this horse and to believe that maybe this will be the year? That, that frustrates the heck out of me. We didn't hear anybody say, you know, are they ever going to say I'm sorry to the fan base? Probably not. But they at least need to say, we understand your frustration. Hang in there. We've got a plan. And, and I'm just not hearing that. It just didn't inspire me at all. Steve, uh, it, understand it, the frustration. It's an organization that finished fourth in their division this year, mm-hmm. third last year, third the previous year, and they talk like they've won something. Yeah. I mean, I think I, think, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I heard Jim Donovan this morning Say something about, like, 2020 doesn't last forever. You know what no. I mean? and to me, it, it, it lasts a year. The, the longer we get away from 2020, the more I think 2020 was an anomaly. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I'm not where I think some people are. I'm not a fatalist here that says the Browns are doomed no matter what, right? Because they are smart enough to figure it out, but... Being smart is... Yeah, listen, they're, they're over the 3-13 and 13 years. Like, those years are over. Yes. But I don't know that they're over 8-9 and nine years. Exactly. Well, and, like, the, the problem is, you can be as smart as, as you want. I don't buy anybody in that locker room or in that um, organization that says that leadership isn't an issue. And you can look at the locker room all you want. Until you look at your own ability, and, and Daryl, actually, in his piece on 92.3 The Fan, uh, there was something that I wanted to actually pull up here because he said, um, and this is a direct quote from his article, you can find it on 92.3thefan.com, which I just said, but throughout the season, players pushed head coach Kevin Stefanski to hold them more accountable. But while Stefanski agreed with the feedback he received, he would pick his spots. So you can bring in every ass kicker you want. You can bring in Chuck Norris to play middle linebacker and karate kicks can be legal in the NFL. And it's not going to matter if Kevin Stefanski doesn't adapt his leadership style to being a head coach. And it's different from being an OC. And he's got to get that head out of the playbook, man. And he's yeah. got to get his his vision. His, his He's got to coach this football team. And you know what? That, to, to what Steve just said, the more vague, the more glib that they are, about their process and how they want to fix things going forward, the more it makes me wonder if they do have a plan. And and you they, can't they, have everything today. They you have can't. To, they have to have a plan. Well, but you can't have everything in play today. I know that the season just ended. But man, those answers. The 
You can't continu- continuously be vague, and we all go back to, oh, well, they'll figure it out. Nah, nah. They haven't some, figured it out in three years. At some point, you got to actually, actually got to walk us through what you're doing to be better. Sean, welcome to the show, buddy. you got about 60 seconds. Hey, guys, I'll go as quick as I can. So, uh, first of all, I think we just heard the uh, soundtrack for Kevin Stefanski's greatest hits in that press conference. A lot of vague. <laughs> Play the hits. No, vague uh, sounding words that were supposed to help us make us all feel better, and it didn't. Uh, you know, you got rid of the defensive, defensive coordinator, and my response is okay, and because it's going to take more than just a D.C. to change this thing around. For the first half of the season, yeah, that was it. We needed a better defense. Now we're watching our offense drop off from 6th to 18th. That was brought up in the press conference. And what changes were made? Our receivers were apparently getting open with Brissett. And what? Now they're not getting open with Watson. What's the deal there? Uh, you've got a lot of issues on the defensive side of the ball, and we don't know if we've got the assets or possibilities to fix them all. So the fourth year, I think we can all agree, is going to be the last year for pretty much everyone, Barry and Stefanski. And I hope that they have it all in them to turn this thing around and get us back on track to winning seasons moving forward. Thanks, Sean. We appreciate it, buddy. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. More on your reaction from the Stefanski Barry press conference. Open to anything that will help our football team. I really am, and I think that's what this off season and this month and, and meetings are, are about. It's about pulling everything apart, looking at everything. That question was about whether or not he would look into giving up play calling. I do think if they're going to do it, they need to be pretty vocal about it. Because it, and it, I, I think there's a very real stylistic way they like to handle things, sweep things under the rug, don't make yeah. a big deal. This would be something to make a big deal out of. Kind of like they did with Joe Woods. Yeah. Poor Joe Woods. We knew he had to go, but I, I do feel bad for the guy. I mean, he, he has totally been made the scapegoat in this whole situation. And frankly, he has, because of him being uh, the scapegoat, these guys have now um, survived another year. Mm-hmm. I So I could have gone either way with them getting another year. I lean towards Andrew Barry getting more time because I don't believe wholesale changes work. Okay. I just don't. Firing the head coach and GM at the same time, it's hard enough to get one of those right, right. especially when you have Jimmy Haslam as the owner and an analytics guy as uh, the the president of some such whatevers. So if they were going to do anything, I don't know I would have been okay with Kevin Stefanski, but I would have understood it. But yes, like you, I, I just think we have to acknowledge that this is an organization that believes in scapegoatery. And I like that. I, I know. Scapegoatery. It, it, it felt good when it was... You know, no, exiting my it, mouth. I, I, I enjoyed that, and so I, I think, I think time will tell. But that that concerns me. I don't know. I, I guess my point is, I've worked for organizations like the Browns before, where there's issues at the top, and that does trickle down. Where people, and when you have to start working for people who are about covering your own ass, it's really, really tough. And I'm not saying that. That, that that Kevin Stefanski or Andrew Barry would be wrong to be CYA people. You work for Jimmy Haslam. Paul DePodesta apparently is just like, I mean, just out there being a shadow figure in the background, <laughs> like pointing out who should get murked and who shouldn't. So I'm not saying that that, that uh, culture in Berea doesn't aid to it, but like when you start talking about problems with leadership and you start talking about problems with people skills 
and how things are handled and, and how decisions are made, well, it all starts with culture. And I, I do think, like, because uh, I've, I've seen a few people on Twitter tweet, and Twitter reactions brought to you by Shivan Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Well, you can't fire Jimmy Haslam. No, but Jimmy Haslam can be better. Bad owners have gotten better. Uh, the, the Pagulas were not a successful ownership in, in Buffalo right out of the gate. And what have they aced over time? They've hired the right people, and they've let them do their jobs. And their people skills. You can attest to how, yeah, oh yeah. how well oh, they treat their alumni. They're, they're fantastic. And I just think it, it's a lot to expect Kevin and Andrew to, to make all that change. Like Baker. Baker, is, is, as Baker as he was, Baker wasn't changing the culture by himself. It takes more than one or two people, even in the best positions. It is an organization and a philosophical thing. We're going to be better, not just on the field, but off the field as well. Look, I'm telling you right now, and this is the scariest part about this whole team in this situation, is that they are so reliant on Deshaun Watson to become a superstar again that it's not even funny. It it feels I mean, like this is Deshaun that, 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 or bust. It 100% is, and if it isn't, and Deshaun is a bust, we are going to go through a five-year window here another four years of of this mediocrity. I mean, I do think there are things they can show you how aggressive they are because there are a lot of teams with cap. Houston, I think, has $100 million. I think Atlanta has $80 million in cap. So there's a lot of teams with a lot of cap space. You're carrying over 35, which I think offsets a lot of the, the raises you're getting. But yeah. the Browns, it, we've seen this. The Browns can open up as much salary cap space as they want. And you could do that simply by converting – Deshaun's contract to to a bonus. Yeah. So if they don't do those kind of things, uh, you know, Deshaun, Miles, um, Denzel, like, or if they don't offer a couple contract extensions with that, that's another way of opening up money, right? right? If they don't do those things, that'll tell you it's Deshaun or bust. And even though people will say, well, it should be Deshaun or bust. No, it doesn't have to be. It's not a choice. It's not a choice of, I want this or that, all right? This isn't the old line about uh, people uh, buy, having two high-priced cell phones instead of buying for dinner or buying themselves food, all right? This isn't about that. Right. So if the Browns don't, if they're not aggressive in free agency, in and trade, if they're not aggressive this offseason, that means it's their choice. And then we'll really know how bleep they are. Two one six five seven eight double zero nine two. Let's go with Josh. Josh, you got about uh, forty seconds here, buddy. What you got for us? So I've reached the conclusion that 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 whole thing with the with him saying I'm open to whatever. First off, what the hell? You're the head coach. You're the one supposed to have a direction. But that ties into the other thing. I don't think the organization gives two bleeps about about the fans. Why? Because whether or not that doesn't matter what season it is. We're still going to be there with the season tickets. We're not going anywhere. They're getting their money either way. So to the fans, when's enough going to be enough, guys? I Listen, if it, if it isn't by now, that if we haven't reached rock bottom, and thank you for the call, Josh, meaning things that's going to make you walk away, like between underperforming this year and the, the Deshaun trade, which was right. very divisive, going all the way back to 0-16 to 1-15, if those things aren't enough, then I would imagine most of us are just in it for the long haul. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 